Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Guiney Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean Guiney, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Seichter. How's it going, Josh? I'm doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Took last week off, uh, Memorial Day, studio closed, and then we just wanted to take the rest of the week off. But we're back today. Got a lot to talk about. Patriots. Luck going on with the Patriots. Stephon Gilmore's contract situation. What's going to go on with him? What's going to look like when the season comes around? Uh, and then a player, a player on the Patriots has requested a trade from the Patriots. Surprising. I know. Uh, and then we're going to get to the Red Sox AL uh, All-Star break going on right now. Home run derbies tonight. Red Sox have the third best or a tie for the best record in the AL with the Houston Astros at 55-36. and 36. Uh, we'll get to them. We'll get to the All-Star game. Uh, and then what we're going to start off with is something special, something that I want to do, something that I think is a little fun. We've been talking, kind of debating, debated about it like two weeks ago, which is the better state, Massachusetts or Connecticut. Well, today we're just going to go through and give the power rankings of the New England states, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, Rhode Island, and then lastly, Connecticut. Uh, so we're going to do that, and then obviously stuff on the internet, like always, at the end of the show. Uh, so I just want to jump right into it. I want, I'm looking forward to this, the New England power rankings, ranking all the states in New England. Um, I mean, let's just start off. And starting off with number one, I mean, for me, it's probably go, it can go without saying that Massachusetts has to be number one in the New England power rankings because we got everything. We got Boston. We got the Cape. We got Nantucket. We got all the sports teams. Uh, food is good. Nature is good. I mean, when you think of New England, you think of Massachusetts. You don't think of any other state. You think of Massachusetts. But easily. Like, you cannot deny that. So, Josh, what is your number one state in New England? Um, well, I'm not, I, I, I want to count down. So, I'm going to go away. So, how many states are there? there are six or six. seven states? All right, yeah, you can go down. Okay, I'm going to go up. Six, I'm going to say, is probably Vermont just because I feel like there's not much to do up there. It's a, it's very barren, yeah. you know, uh, Vermont really, really. I mean, I don't, I've been there once to ski and that, that's all there is, but you can ski in literally every other new England state other than Rhode Island probably. So yeah, if that's all you bring in, then that's what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, if I was to say, if I was to, I don't know what I'm going to come up with for six. I mean, I'm going, I'm going one, two, six. You can go, yep. you can go six to one. I don't six care. Through one. Um, yeah. So when I get down there, maybe. I'm not sure it was Vermont. It's a lot. I'll think about it when I get there. But number two, kind of, I mean, it's kind of, I think, the, actually, you know what? No. The more that I think oh about it this God. second, I'm putting New Hampshire number two, Josh. New Hampshire oh is God. number two because they got, they got, it's almost just as good. Or not really as good as Massachusetts, but... They're still good. They got all the nature stuff. You got Mount Washington. You got uh, state parks, national parks, highways. Yeah, there's like a scenic byway up there. Uh, you just skiing. said highways. Ski- on there's a, no, there's a um, there's a like a ce- bro. There's like a scenic highway, like what? Yeah, and like, it goes through Connecticut too. And it's it's 15. I know exactly what you're. No, talking is about. it? I don't think it. Is. I saw I saw it ran like horizontally. Maybe maybe there's another scenic highway yeah. in uh, Connecticut. I mean, in case, but I know there's one that runs through Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. Oh, boy, and, New Jersey. Um, That's a beautiful state. <laughs> no, but it was actually ranked. The Connecticut part of it actually, uh, actually was ranked, I think, top ten uh, on most scenic highways. So. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, they also got Lake Winnipesaukee. I mean, everyone loves Lake Winnipesaukee. So. Winnipesaukee, yep. I mean, I I right. feel like it's a I feel like it's a safe number two. I mean, Connecticut. I'll I guess I can spoil it now. Connecticut is number three, but it's a close it's a close battle. And when I come down to Connecticut starting tomorrow, over the next couple months, maybe they'll win me over, and I'll bump them up to yeah. number two. Yep. All right, All what right. you got? Uh, my number five. Maine. Really, really. Like just like uh. Vermont, I feel like there's not much. I was actually just in Maine for uh, for a week for vacation. That's why we didn't uh, record last week. So I experienced it firsthand. It was nice. Yeah, don't get me wrong. 
but I I'm used to Cape Cod every summer. I go I've been I go up to the Cape every year since I was a kid. This is the first year I haven't, and it was a mini Cape Cod, but so much smaller and without the magic of Cape Cod. So it didn't really shock me. That was the first time I've been to Maine, so didn't win me over a lot. That's number five. Really? All right. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to, even though I kind of just spoiled it, but number three for me is Connecticut. Uh, I mean, just, I haven't been there much. I probably spent like a total of maybe three days of my life down in Connecticut. I spent much more in all the other states, except for Rhode Island. But Connecticut, I'm going to put number three. Um, I, it's, it's just like another big state, big name state, I guess you could say. Uh, sports-wise, uh, the Hartford Whalers used to be there. Um, UConn, they're a good team. Connecticut Sun, women's basketball, I guess you can put in there. Um, overall, I mean... Uh, they, won, they, won, they were in the WNBA championship last year, so... Did they win? No. Exactly. <laughs> If you if you don't win a championship in Mass in New England, you're irrelevant. Um, yeah, I guess. But compared to like the final three states, I'm going to get to. I mean, Connecticut, I think, just tops the rest of them. So Connecticut number three. I mean, close close second to New Hampshire, but number three is also another safe, just a safe bet compared to the remaining states for me. All right, next up, I'm at number four. So Rhode Island. That's what I got. Another pretty – I'm now looking at these states, I feel like the bottom three of New England are pretty boring. Yeah. I feel like R- Rhode Island has a lot more going for it than Vermont and Maine does just because, you know, they have Providence, they have URI, and they also have the Newport Mansions, which, which are fun to look at. Um, they, have, they probably have the best beach. Um, what's it called? Nisquamaquet. I don't know. Old Orchard Beach, uh, Plymouth. New Hampshire, or Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Cape Cod. Yeah. I feel like those beaches could kind of go above. I, I, I feel like Lesquamacate just is, is the beach, for, at least for everybody in Connecticut. I don't, I don't know about what it is in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, but Connecticut, I've, I've never heard of Wamasquit. How do you pronounce it? Lesquamacate. Lesquamacate. I've never heard of it up yeah. until now. Never. Really? Nope. Been to... Old yeah, Orchard Beach, Portsmouth, Westerly, Rhode Island, Plymouth. I don't know where Westerly, like, Rhode Island. That's got to be the most famous beach in Rhode Island, the biggest by far. Never it's, heard of it. It's almost it's a mile and a quarter long. Never heard of it. Yeah. All right. Um, so you got Rhode Island, but four was it? Rhode Island at four. Yeah. All right. Um, for my number four, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm going Maine. When I look at Maine, I've been having been there a lot. I they do they have a lot to offer. Uh, you got what uh, Wells Maine. There's a big zoo there, big like, amusement park there. You got Bar Harbor, beautiful spot. I've been there multiple times. Right on the ocean, um, right like little almost like a port city, even though it's not a port city. I took a cruise up there, stopped over for a day. Great spot, great spot. Lobster ice cream. Lobster ice cream is honestly pretty good. Having had it before, little chunks of lobster, but it's just vanilla ice cream, and you barely taste really? the lobster. You barely taste it. It's, lo- it's I like I feel like that could be good. It 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 was it was pretty good. I mean, the lobster was pretty much like frozen into like the ice cream, so it didn't have like right, the right. seafoody taste to it. But you, it, when you bit into like a little tiny chunk of lobster, it was it was pretty good. It was just straight up vanilla vanilla oh, ice wow. cream. Never Those heard were, of that. But, uh, yeah, good. I guess I did skip over lobsters when I, yeah. when I talked about Maine. But... And that was my next point, that you got lobsters. Maine is known for lobsters. I mean, you can't go wrong with a nice, big, steamed and lobster. The, the, G, the G League affiliate of the Celtics. Well, they're, they're the Maine Celtics now. Now. now that they're the Maine Celtics, no longer the Red Claws, they're just a green lobster. It's their new logo, which, I mean, I really don't care about. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Maine is... Uh, safe number four. Like, it's not better than Connecticut, Massachusetts, uh, or New Hampshire, but it's a lot better than Rhode Island and Vermont, which I'll get to next in the next two. But, Josh, what do you got next? This is where it's going to get interesting three. for me. Yeah. New Hampshire. Number three is New Hampshire. I actually have been there a few times, so Lake Winnipesaukee is pretty fun. You know, just having a nice day on the lake. Yep. Fishing, doing whatever you want, out on the boat, 
Um, but once again, outside of that, I feel like there's not much to do. The lake houses are nice and spending the day on the lake, but I mean, sports gambling is legal. Yeah, but, I forgot to mention that was New Hampshire. Is that sports betting illegal? So yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd put it over the t- uh, the bottom three states: Rhode Island, Maine, and Vermont. But it doesn't come close to the next two. Nah, you're you're right about that. But there is that. It's there. There is that split. There's the top three. New Hampshire, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and then the bottom three. There's, there's a very large line and a very large difference between the top three and the bottom three. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that just brings me to my number five, uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island, I mean, it's a, it's a coastal state, so it gets that bump over Vermont. But, I mean, when really just when you think about it, like, really what else is there to do in Rhode Island except for Wamasquamit? Beach. Squamacate. I mean, I, I've never heard of it up until now, so I mean, there's that. Uh, really? You did, you did remind me of the uh, Newport Mansions. Been there. Beautiful spot. Uh, outside of that, that's all that I got for Rhode Island. That number five. All right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my two and one right now. Yeah, definitely, just because. All right. Coming in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with one first. Coming in at number one. Number one New England state is Don't say it. The great state in my home, Connecticut. I don't know. I feel Bullshit. Like Bias. It's, it's got that it's got it above Massachusetts. Because if you the only thing that Massachusetts has on Connecticut is a sports team. And that's pretty large. I'll give you that. Obviously they have four major sports teams to Connecticut zero. I guess if you want to count the WNBA. But they have four major sports teams. Uh, to Connecticut zero, but if if Massachusetts didn't have them, Connecticut's literally winning by a landslide, and that's the only thing that's keeping them in competition. Connecticut's got theme parks, they got the Mystic Aquarium, pizza capital of the world. I mean, it's it, it's it's got beaches, it's got mountains to hike, it's got everything that you could possibly want in the state. Yale, and I know I I actually oh get the the. I'd give the edge to Harvard in a in a Harvard Yale game, but Yale. I mean, what else? Really, Connecticut's superior state. I don't know, bro. When you look, when you look in Massachusetts, I mean, if you were to go up to anyone outside of New England and say, "What's the first state of? What's the first state that you think of when I say New England?" It's not Connecticut. It's Massachusetts. Uh, no, I'll give you. I'll give you that. If you were to ask someone, what? Excuse me. What the most New England state is? It's it's uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts yeah. but that's just because the Pilgrims landed there. Yeah, it's the, it was the first state, pretty much, in America to be founded. Uh, I, I maybe the second or third. I forget how that all went down. That was many years before me, but I mean, it's got it's got history. It's got beautiful <laughs> it's landscapes. Got history too, guy. Do they have a Plymouth Rock? Do they have a recognizable oh rock? Do they have, do they have a rock? Is what you're asking me. Do they? Do they have no, anything they that makes you think of the pil- the first land sell- settlers? Uh, yeah, we have several historical houses in society. Uh, Mark Twain House. You know who Mark Twain is? Yeah, the uh, book writer. Uh, yeah, his house is in uh, in West yeah. Hartford. So we got the uh, very historical state as well. We got the. Uh, Revolutionary uh, war trails, Concord, Bedford, Lexington, all these hit Civil War battles, I think, or Revolutionary War battles went down there. A lot of history, a lot okay, of history well, there. Let me just ask you. Let me just ask you. When what's your state or what's your town called? My, did I live in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Yeah. Wilmington, Massachusetts. Don't really care if I'm putting that out there to the public, but Wilmington. Yeah, founded. All right, I'm just gonna look up Wilmington, Mass. Founded 1730, right? All right, and I'm from Wallingford, Connecticut. Yeah. Wilmington has the Baldwin Apple Monument. If you don't know what the Baldwin Apple Monument is, look it up. Very cool. My my town was literally founded 60 years before yours. That doesn't mean anything. It's it's two small towns (laughs) that nobody thinks of. Two small towns Um, in a state that nobody thinks of. Do you know what Cho is? What? The boarding school? Uh, I think I've heard of it. One of the most prestigious boarding schools is schools in the world. A boarding school. Hmm. Uh, yeah, George Washington rode through it on his horse. Yeah, Several well, stories, man. We got the uh, uh, Paul Revere guy. 
Yeah, uh, Paul he was Revere. a fraud, by the way. Paul Revere is a fraud. How can you make up a story about a guy riding on a horse? That's quite literally exactly what happened. It was a bar tale. He wasn't famous until someone started talking about Paul Revere. And then I, I, you don't even know who the real guy was. Listen, Sean, I took a class just this past semester <laughs> about American myth. And one of the most famous one is Paul Revere. All right, explain, it was a it, 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 explain. He was famous ten years later. So um, what? You, what happened? So Paul Revere, he never screamed the British are coming. Yeah, he said that, the red. Co- like, he said the redcoats are coming. Whatever. Yeah, but he no, he never said that. <laughs> it was a made-up story that he talked about himself in the bar, and then it, it just, and then he died, and then nobody talked about it, and then the author of this American myth book recalled the story in the bar. 50 years later. And that's how it's just like a schoolhouse thing that it got a lot more famous than it should have. I don't know, bro. I mean, it seemed, it's, uh, it seemed pretty reasonable to me that it happened. I mean, nobody knows because it happened hundreds of years ago. But to bring it back to the power rankings debate, Massachusetts, Connecticut, I mean, we got all this history of the Civil War, Revolutionary War, that stuff. Um, in comparison to what Connecticut has, I mean, it's really, really nothing. Really nothing when you think about it. We got so they have this right, no, advantage. I'll agree with that, but and a lot of I people come to Massachusetts just to look at that stuff. They go to Boston to go through the, uh, um, they take that like historical tour of Boston within the old city hall. Yeah. Uh, no, I know, I got you. And when you look at Connecticut, I mean, what are you doing down there in Connecticut? For I'm history? not debating that there's more history in Connecticut. I'm just. Well, that's where Massachusetts, Massachusetts that, has the edge in that, and a lot of people visit yeah. Massachusetts to go do that stuff because they're history nerds and they're interested in that stuff. And I mean, I don't blame them because some of the stuff is cool. Like so I've done ner- that stuff. You want nerds in your? You want nerds in your uh, state? I mean, we got like all, we got <laughs> hundreds of hospitals and stuff and research labs and. What the we, heck? So do we? Yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm Yale not Hospital. All right, we got the uh, Best Israel Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, Jimmy Fun. Jimmy Fun was created in uh, Boston, so Massachusetts. Uh, we got a bunch of researching stuff. I just, Moderna, the, I, I ma- the vaccine you, makers in Massachusetts. Pfizer better. I don't know where that got founded, <laughs> but Pfizer is better. I don't know. I don't um, know about that. <laughs> so obviously we have our biases, but I, I just can't get over that you didn't put Connecticut second. I did. Oh, obviously, no, I, didn't. I knew I, didn't. Oh. I knew you were going to put Massachusetts first, and you probably knew I was going to put Connecticut first, and that's just what's going to happen when you have two uh, colliding states. But I just I can't get past that you put Connecticut second or third. I mean, I just know New Hampshire a lot better, and who knows? Now, I, when I now that I'm going to go to Connecticut a lot more often, visiting the state, being in the state, who knows? Maybe something will push me to want to update these power rankings in a couple months. And I know right, it'll probably we'll be like the last time we ever update these power rankings because the resident states, I mean, they're set in stone. Uh, so, yeah, my sixth state is Vermont. I mean, skiing. And that's it. Maybe some off-roading. And that's it. Vermont, dead last. Yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised. I, you didn't have, I, feel, I feel like that it should be dead last in both of ours because you had it, what, fifth? Vermont. No, I, I had Maine fifth, and Vermont was dead last. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not even a coastal so. state. It's the only New England state that's not on the coast. It's on the yeah. border of Canada, and that's it. Oh, and just saying, Connecticut has warmer beach water because it's in the Long Island Sound, not the Atlantic Ocean. So would you rather be freezing cold or temperate? Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care about that. When I go <laughs> when I go to a beach, I just sit on this. I don't swim. I just sit there. No, bro. You I, gotta, I dig you a hole. You gotta, if you go to a beach, you got to dig a hole. I always dig a hole yeah. when I go to a beach. No, listen, you gotta. So you probably chill for the first uh, thirty minutes after setting up, just laying the sun a little bit, get some spike ball going, start digging a hole, go in the water, and finish the hole. That's yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, I fill in the hole. That's always fun. Yeah. I, I just I just throw my body up against a big pile of sand that I and just push it. Yeah, a lot of fun digging a hole. So. All right. So my final power rankings: Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire. Rhode Island, Maine, Vermont. Yeah, and mine's is Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can revisit this in a couple months when I'm in Connecticut more and having learned the state more. Um, 
So, yeah. So that was that. Uh, Massachusetts is still number one by far. All right. Moving on now again into the sports topics for today. We haven't talked about it in two weeks. Uh, so we're going to get to them today. And I want to start off with probably the most recent news uh, to come from Patriots camp. A player has requested a trade from the team. This player was drafted by the Patriots in the first round uh, and just flat out sucked. Nikhil Harry wants off of the Patriots. And it was bound to happen. He was probably going to get cut once preseason and stuff came around, which begins in a month, surprisingly. Preseason game one is in a month. So football season's right around the corner. July is the only is the last month without NFL football until March. Nice, nice. We just got to get through July. Yeah. Um, and he, so Nikhil Harry wants off of the Patriots. Uh, experts are predicting that he's worth a conditional, a conditional sixth round pick. That's what Nikhil Harry's valued at. Uh, but he had his <laughs> he had his agent release a public statement. Uh, and I'll just read a little bit of it. Uh, for the past several months, I have been working in cooperation with the Patriots behind the scenes to put a, play, a plan in place to allow Nikhil to thrive in New England. Through, TC, through two seasons, he has, you ready for this, Josh? He has 86 targets, which obviously hasn't met the expectations the Patriots and Nikhil had when they drafted a dominant downfield threat who was virtually unstoppable at the point of attack in college. Following numerous conversations with the Patriots, I believe it's time for a fresh start and best for both parties if Nikhil moves on before the start of training camp. That is why I have informed the Patriots today I am formally requesting a trade on behalf of my client. Nikhil understands a key ingredient to production is opportunity. He will continue to work hard uh, to develop and refine his craft after missing a large portion of his rookie year to injury. His draft day expectations for his NFL career have not changed. We are confident success is just around the corner for him and will aggressively pursue it. I mean, that's a lot of bullshit for a guy who's worth a conditional six-round pick. All right. I was just going to ask, are we going to be nice to Nikhil Harry? Or no, 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 no. He does not deserve right, yeah, us no, being I'm nice right to him. I mean, it, it's fucking bullshit. He sucks. Get Guy's him off the team now. Get him, get him out for cash considerations. We don't even need his six-round pick. I mean, picks are always nice. But, yeah, I'd, I'd take on cash, too, just because why not. I mean, the fact that Diaz agent brought up his biggest statistical point that he brought up for Nikhil Harry was the fact that he had 86 targets through two seasons. I mean, that's not something to gloat about. Out of those 86 right. targets, uh, 45 of them were catches. 424 yards in 14 games in two seasons. If you compare it, in less games, in the same, in the same amount of seasons, but in less started games, for 85 catches and 1,088 yards, Jacoby Myers has been better than Nikhil Harry. Yeah. And did Jacoby Myers even get drafted or he was he undrafted? Was, he was undrafted. Yeah. So for first-round talent to just absolutely suck and have an undrafted guy be much better than him, I mean, you shouldn't be asking for a trade. You should just be asking for the retirement papers because you're not going to make it anywhere in this league. If you say yeah, you're a downfield threat, then sure. I mean, you didn't really show that much here. You showed no effort here. So I don't know why you think asking for a trade is something that you think you're worth because you're not worth a trade. Just a cut, the, that, cut his ass right now. There was a line in that statement that said it's all about opportunity. And he was a first-round draft pick as opposed to an undrafted free agent. And the undrafted free agent is playing miles better than the first-round pick. It's, it, they both got the same opportunity. If not, Nikhil Harry got more opportunity than Jacoby Myers. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And, and just to talk about opportunity, yeah, he had some injuries. He, he really was – he also had some healthy scratches this past season. But if you really want to go uh, punch for punch they or blow for blow, they had probably the same amount of opportunity. They played under the same quarterback. Jacoby Myers played under the camp. Yeah. While uh, Nikhil Harry played under Tom, so it's just it's, it's it's bullshit, and you need to get him off the team. I don't care where he goes, but it's it's. I mean, he's done. Yeah, I mean the way that I look at it, by releasing the statement, it kind of, in my eyes, I would look at it at if I'm Bill Pelcheck, I would look at it as this guy wants off the team. I'm not really going to waste any time trying to shop him around. I just cut him right now, and so in that that right. way. 
he would, if he gets cut, he can go to whatever team he wants. I mean, that's that's right. just the way that I'm looking at it. Because really, what is a six-round pick? Some guy that might not even make it through training camp? Yeah, he'll. it's a guy that'll end up on the practice squad. Yeah, exactly. So we don't we don't need that six-round pick. Like you said, picks are always nice. We could use them in packages. But we have everybody has six-round picks. We could just package another year, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, I mean, Akil Harry, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get cut anyways. I mean, we brought in two tight ends, two receivers. Uh, we I know we drafted uh running back, maybe wide right receiver, I forget. But, I mean, yeah, we – we brought in guys to boost up the depth chart, and in doing so, that dropped Nikhil Harry down multiple spots to the point where, I mean, he's, if he was to make the team, he's not going to start past week five. He will be off the team by week five. So, it's... I want to I want to say the moment that every everything started to spiral downwards for Nikhil Harry and his relationship with the Patriots is that catch touchdown called back against the Chiefs. Remember, he was obviously inbound. He scored the touchdown, but it was called back just because the ref said he stepped out. After that was called back, I don't have the exact stats, but I know his career just went down the toilet. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I remember that play right now. Uh, I mean, just after that point, like, guy was just nowhere. If if he was out there, he he was just a body. A bottom to distract yep. the other receivers from making their plays. So it's, I mean, he 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 wasn't going to make the team this season anyways. By asking for a trade, maybe just to speed up the process of getting cut. But, I mean, if, that, if that's actually kind of like a smart move, I'd say, to release this uh, trade request, and and just hopes that he'll just get cut because he's not worth anything. But I guess I mean teams are apparently interested in him for the possible deep deep uh deep threat and uh being a big body like he is because he is a big guy uh yeah i mean it just it, it, it is unfortunate that we wasted a first round pick on this guy and it just was an absolute bust but i mean just added to the list of other first round busts that the patriots have drafted so it's unfortunate, but next man up, and I hope, hopefully, uh, guys like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, hopefully they'll be better than uh, and give more than what Nikhil Harry did because it was just absolutely nothing. Just the worst thing about Nikhil Harry is thinking about what else we could have had. Yeah, we we saw Debo Samuel, we've we've seen AJ Brown and DK Metcalf just do Massive extraordinary list. things in their in their rookie and sophomore years, but. Obviously, Nikhil Harry isn't even close to that talent level. And it just seems that he doesn't have the maturity or, or the experience that some of those guys, even though they're in the same draft class. Yeah, all of them were drafted after Nikhil Harry. And they're much better suit, much better off right now, career-wise, than Nikhil Harry. I mean, these, most, those guys all have multi-million dollar contracts coming their way. Nikhil Harry probably has a debt, fifth best receiver spot coming his way he's not it's it was a it was a blown draft it really was real blown pick and they just gotta really just pay the price and get on was mixed man up so it sucks but guy just didn't he really just it just looked like he didn't try at all no effort at all maybe once in a while especially early in his career but last season he just really showed no effort multiple times he just stood there during once the ball snapped. And it's not even, he didn't even make good blocks or anything when he wasn't incorporated in the play. It always seemed that whenever we ran a screen towards his side of the field, that his block was never made in the, in the tackler would just come in and easily make the tackle right past him. Yeah. So, uh, Nikhil Harry's time in New England is done. All done. Not going to be here anymore. But another guy who's still here for another year and maybe longer than that is Stephon Gilmore, who's in the middle of a contract dispute with the Patriots right now. Uh, he's in the last year of his deal, uh, and he's pretty much holding out of tra- going to training camp uh, to be with the Patriots. He didn't go to any of the uh, offseason workout programs, didn't go to them. 
Uh, he made it public about this whole contract dispute when he tweeted out or retweeted a uh, list from CBS Sports, the uh, highest paid defensive backs in the NFL. They have 10 of them, and Nikhil Harry wasn't one of them, so he retweeted it with the two words, oh, okay, followed by a bunch of uh, periods. Uh, he, The last guy on that list, though, was uh, William Jackson, who his uh, average annual value is 13 and a half. Gilmore, his AAV is 13. Uh, so he like just missed out on the list. But he's looking for a new contract because it's the last year of his deal. He's scheduled to make $7 million this year. But some people may remember this. Uh, two years ago, uh, before the start of last season, the Patriots worked out a deal with Gilmore to bump up last year's salary to $13 million by moving some of the money he was supposed to make this upcoming season. They moved it to last year. So he made $13 million last year. He's going to make $7 million this year. Uh, now he's looking for another deal to maybe boost that up if that's the case. And, I mean, that's kind of stupid on him because he's kind of ignoring the fact that he worked out a deal with the Patriots to move this money around to, I think, save him some of the cap space for this year's, like, offseason. Uh, yeah, for the offseason this year. Uh, and now he just wants a new deal. And, I mean, he's got the Patriots in a, good, a pretty good position because when you look at it, He's the number one. He's going to be the number one corner going into next year. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't go, if he doesn't be in, if he doesn't start any of the team games, that'll make like J.C. Jackson number one. And this defense, as good as they're supposed to be, if you lose Gilmore, you're not going to be as good. I'm sure, yeah. Gilmore had he had a tough year last year and he went on IR, but he's still a really good corner. Uh, he's not going to get as big of a contract as he did. With right now, the five year, I think seventy two million it was. He's not going to get that, but he's going to get a decent payday. I he I think he one hundred percent deserves the money that he wants, whether it be fifteen million a year for how many years he wants. The Patriots should give it to him. I mean, he was the twenty nineteen uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and he he's been the leader of the defense as, for as long as he's been here. Um. So he makes plays and he, he makes others around him better. He's the leader of the, the the defensive backfield and he does what he needs to do. So if he wants to hold out, that's what star players do. And until he gets his money, I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. And I mean, again, the, the point that I just brought up was you got the Patriots in like a corner because – He's their, he's their number one corner. If you lose your number one corner, I mean, who's going to replace him? Uh, there's not many options. J.C. Jackson, as good as he is, he's still, is this, what, is going to be his second year, third year? He's young. You brought in Jalen Mills. He's a safety. Uh, I don't know what to expect from him. He, he, could be, he could be a little troublesome, but, I mean, that's just, we'll just find out once the season comes around. And, I mean, really, it, he's... If the Patriots don't work out a deal with him, I mean, it, it sounds like they're in good terms. Like, there's no bad blood on either side the pa- between the Patriots and Gilmore. Uh, they want to get a deal done. They're confident a deal will get done. Uh, but if they don't, then Gilmore's just going to sit out, and the Patriots know that. So, uh, Gilmore, I mean, he it, he should get a contract with the Patriots uh, because he knows the position that he's going to put them in if he— they don't work out deals, so I mean, I, it's smart. It's smart by him. It's a smart move for him to try to get a contract right now because he puts the Patriots in a tough position. And I, I think he'll probably get the contract that he wants, or at least closer to it. Um, but he's just holding out, which is probably the smart thing to do. His agent has probably advised him of that, and he he knows how it goes. It's a, the NFL is a business. Uh, people should get their rightful money especially if, if they deserve it, you know. Um, but he'll hold out until around preseason unless unless the contract gets delivered soon. But I, I fully expect him to be a starting quarterback on the Patriots for week one. Because last year, remember, we thought, or in the middle of last year, we thought that he was going to get traded. Now it seems that they're all in, both parties are all in on each other. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like I still feel like there's some chance that he could possibly get traded after this deal gets done, 
uh, maybe at the deadline again. Because, I mean, last year we just looked down as an expendable piece. The team wasn't good. It wasn't going to go anywhere. Going to the draft, maybe draft somebody to come up and be a starter. Uh, but they didn't do that. So if they sign to a deal now, maybe that could, again, boost his value uh, to be traded. Because next year's draft is going to be pretty heavy when it comes to the cornerback position and safety position. Go out and draft them. Go out, go out and draft one of them. Could work out. Could be it could be something smart that the Patriots do. I don't know. But uh also when you look at it, I mean, going into this season, your week four opponent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you don't want to be without your number one cornerback from all these past years. You don't want to be without him going up against that high powered offense. And really the rest of the high powered offenses that the Patriots are gonna face next season. But most specifically the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because again there's now the Tom Brady factor. Your former quarterback coming back home to play your team. I mean, you want to have your best players out there, and if you don't have uh, Stephon Gilmore, that maybe could hurt your chances of winning and uh, beating uh, Brady. So I feel like I the mean, Patriots are going to want him for that game. Brady has played the, the Patriots' defense for 20 years straight in practice. He knows the schemes that they throw out. He knows how everybody plays. And Stephon Gilmore was kind of the X factor on that defense. Uh, I said before that he was the leader. And Well, Brady no, Brady's the greatest ever. He, his high, his yep. IQ for the game is, is very high. He knows what he's going to get from everybody that's on the field, even though he, pro- he hasn't played with them in two years. He knows his weapons. He knows how well they play against certain coverages, man and zone. Uh, and he's, he's going to carve up the defense. If Stephon Gilmore is out there, and if he's not, I feel like that that Tampa game is going to be something to behold. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be probably the most watched regular season game in years. Is it a primetime game? Oh yeah, I mean, got to be. It, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was going to be once we found out that the Patriots be playing the Bucks this year. Whenever, however many yeah. months ago it was going to be, we all knew it was going to be a Sunday night game. And it's going to be. It sounds like NBC is going to have a huge pregame show that they they usually have them at like their studios, but they're going to be live in Foxborough, like like the parking lot or like near the field, almost like they do when they're at the Super Bowl. They're not going to be in, like the studios. They're going to be at the stadium because of how big it's going to be, and it's going to be it's going to be huge. Um, I think like ticket prices are going in the thousands. Um, yeah, like, right, right for, like, when a the nosebleed seats. Nosebleeds were going for one thousand dollars. Yeah. I think they're at 700 right now, and they're probably going to go back up. So if yeah. you want tickets to that, you better be quick if they're not even already sold out. No, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're all gone. I'm sure they're all gone. But uh, to bring it back to Gilmore, I mean, you, you'd want this guy for this matchup because they got all these weapons. They got Brown. They got uh, – uh, good. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah, I was blanking out. Uh, Chris Godwin. Yep, Gronk. Uh, um, Fournette, Ronald Jones. Mike yeah, Evans. I mean, Mike have... Evans. I was, I forget, I was yeah. forgetting Mike Evans. You got all these weapons, and you don't you don't have the uh, the uh, safeties and defensive backs to put on them. And you don't want to put a linebacker on one of them because they're not going to go anywhere. So yeah, you, and, you, I mean, want, have... you really want Gilmore for this game. They have one of the fastest players in the uh, in the NFL, Scotty Miller. We saw what he we saw what he did to the Packers. I mean, you can laugh, but he's a faster Edelman. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's ju- he's just like an Edelman, just like an Edelman um, player player wise. So, yeah, I mean, it's the Gilmore situation. Interesting. I mean, it's gonna. It sounds like it's gonna end well, where he's Gilmore's gonna get his deal, but. Uh, he's got the Patriots by the balls right now, and it's looking good for, definitely looking good for uh, Stephon Gilmore. But who knows? Who knows where things could go? You never know. You never know. All right. Uh, going to switch gears and now get away from the Patriots. Going to get over to the Red Sox. Uh, All-Star break. Uh, the Red Sox are on the All-Star break right now. 55-36 and 36 is their record. Uh, game and a half ahead of the Rays. Uh in the AL East, and they're tied with the Astros for the best record in the AL. Uh, 
this team is insane. These guys are really good, really good. Uh, when I was listening to uh, one of the games the other night, uh, Devers hit a home run, and when I heard when I heard that he hit the ball and that was a high fly ball, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, this has to be a home run. I mean, all this guy does is hit dingers. The guy, and once he hits up, once he hits a ball long and hard, I mean, you know it's going to be a home run. And you see that awesome. goes up in the air, you just know it's going to be a home run. It, yeah, the, guy's I mean, in, the guy's insane. He deserves to be an uh, all-star starter. We probably have one of the hottest lineups in the in the MLB right now, no doubt. I mean, yeah. Kike, Kike has been one of the best leadoff hitters in the league for the past month and a half, ever since he, he got called back up from uh, the IL stint. Um, he got Kike leading off, Sander, then Rafi, then JD, and then Hunter Renfro's been hot too. You yeah, that's, go that down was a everybody. Hunter, yeah. the, the uh, emergence then, of Hunter Renfro. I mean, guys, yeah. insane. Then you got Doogie, and it, just the whole getting away from hitting in the offensive side of the ball. The or the outfield is one of the best. I mean, we have. I think they have twenty-seven assisted outs, which leads the lead by I think ten. So, outfield has guns. Raffi and Xander on the on the left side of the infield. It's insane. I mean, they're they're one of the best teams in the MLB for a reason. Yeah, Devers is definitely at the top of um, the uh, runs batted in statistics. Yes, seventy two. I'm pretty sure that's tied with Vlad Guerrero of the Blue Jays. Uh, I feel like the most, if not tied, then second or third, but he's up there. Uh, I'm looking at all the uh, batting statistics. Uh, they have 464 runs, which is third in the league, uh, the all all AL and NL. Uh, their batting average is 259. That's also third. Slugging percentage 439. Third on base percentage 322. Not third. It's tenth. Uh, I mean, we knew this. The offense was going to be top five in the league, and I mean, the stats are just showing that they that they are. All, all up and down the lineup. You got Verdugo. You got Kike Hernandez. You got Renfro. Uh, you got all, you got all these guys just outside of Bogarts, Martinez, and Devers, which is really like the heart of your lineup right now. Is those three guys? You got Verdugo. You got Hernandez. You got Renfro. You got uh, usually catcher, whether it's Christian Arroyo, Christian Vasquez, one of those two guys. They're good. Arroyo's really good. I mean, the guy's, yep. the guy's young, and he was on the uh, injured list for a couple of days, and he came back and hit a home run. Uh, he has like five or six on the season right now. There a few months ago, I don't know, I don't know what his batting average right now is, but it was it was in the mid three hundreds. It was like three thirty, three thirty five around there. Um, sixteen of his t- sixteen of twenty nine. This was back in like May, but I just remember he was really hot because I I've never heard of him before. And then, I mean, every every part of this team is working right now whether if we're slacking on defense then our offense picks it up if we're slacking on on pitching then once again the defense and the offense really help out they just they play off of each other and it's it's really good to see yeah and they're, they're, everyone's having fun it seems like if you hit oh, a home if you hit a home run you get to ride in the uh, little uh, cart that they got going yeah you, in the, you uh, take a ride in the shopping cart yeah and the uh, dugout um uh, yeah, and Alex Cora, bringing back Alex Cora, I think, was probably one of the biggest moves that they made all in the offseason. I mean, it just re- it seems like they just rejuvenated the, the uh, team because he brought back the J.D. Martins of like two, three years ago. Uh, all, offense all around has just been a lot more fun to watch. Even though they were good last year, the team just sucked. And this year, I mean, the offense is just as good, and they're a lot more fun and entertaining, I'd say. Uh, Alex Verdugo, the, that whole argument that we had a couple months ago, the Mookie Betts trade, uh, I mean, I, I've definitely come back around to say that it wasn't a smart move, but, I mean, Verdugo is playing yeah. m- better than Mookie Betts is this year. Mookie, yeah, 100%. Um I would. I'd still rather have Mookie for the long haul. But oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it's thing. It's things a little less knowing that we have Alex Verdugo, definitely, because he's a great player. He he 
he's probably the one that enjoys himself the most. Good yeah, personality. I mean, he's the guy in the locker room that if if it was a tough loss, he can he could just bring all the guys together and say, oh, "Guys, we have a we have a game tomorrow. Let's come out and beat their ass." Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's one's a he's a vocal leader of this team, definitely, and uh, it just it's a fun fun team to watch. On the offensive side of the ball, on the uh, pitching, when it comes to pitching, I mean, they're just as good. Nathan Navaldi, Nick Pavetta, uh, Rodriguez, uh, Martin Perez, uh. Garrett Richards has came back around since his uh, sticky tack incident. Yeah, I was kind of avoiding him right there, but Garrett Richards is good. Okay, he's okay. Uh, speaking of Nathan Navaldi, he's an all-star, too. Uh, he's a reserve with Jamie Martinez and Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes, one of the best closers in the game right now, just got a two-year contract extension. The guy's really good, real good uh, closer kind of brings it back to the Craig Campbell days, but more really consistent right now. Guy's really good, and he deserves to be at an all-star start. He deserves to be in the all-star game, um, and he deserved that contract extension. Guy's good. In the bullpen, I, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I was a little shaky on the bullpen, but I've come around to them. Guys are really good coming out of the bullpen. Uh, Garrett Josh Whitlock, especially. Josh Taylor, Taylor yeah. has the lowest ERA in the, in the past, like in all major league pitchers, reliever starters, and closers in the past month, I think. So bullpen's been locked down, and then you, you bring in um, Matt Barnes, and he just finishes up. The one thing I do have to say, get 35 off this team. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you listen to Section 10 podcasts, the Red Sox podcast in Barstool, Sean, but Matt Andres, one of the worst relievers, He's, I think he's the only reliever that. No. Josh, you there? You froze up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Matt Andres, one of the worst relievers in the MLB. He's the only one. He's the only guy out of the bullpen that lets in any any runs for the Red Sox. Yeah, he's. He's a struggle. He's definitely a issue for the Sox in the bullpen. Um, but when a trading deadline comes around and we get Chris Sale back, I mean, I don't see him being on the team much longer. You'll have to make a roster move to bring in Chris Sale. And I I see that move being the fact that they'll release Matt Andrews uh, to bring in Chris Sale, who we really don't know where he's going to go. I think I heard a report that he's going to be inserted into the starting lineup, Chris Sale, which, I mean, I'm going to be, I'll be, I'm fine with. Uh, but wherever he goes, I'd, I'd, Personally, I'd like to see him in the bullpen because coming back from Tommy John two years ago, it's been a long time since he pitched last. Uh, I don't want to have to put the pressure on him of having to go five innings a night. Uh, I'd be a little more comfortable in him coming up for two or three at most uh, when he's needed out of the bullpen. So... Whatever they do with him, I mean, I'll, be, I'll be fine with wherever he goes, but I'd personally like to see him coming out of the bullpen. I, I'd like to see him start in the bullpen just to see how just to see how he comes back, if, he, if he's anything like what he was before. But at some point, if, if he's playing well, I'd like to see him be a starter, starting pitcher again. You know, having a six-man rotation, whether it be with Tanner Houck or not, um, I think that's very uh, – just to have – the versatility of six pitchers uh, starting out is, is huge. So if he can come back out and, and be a starter, that'd be big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever they do with Chris Sale again, it's just gonna be. It's gonna. It'll be a big. It'll be impactful. It'll be a good move. It'll be big. I mean, for a team that's already really good, pitching wise, to then bring in Chris Sale. I mean, it just. Now it brings into the it just brings in the scary factor, like this team could be scary good. Maybe not, but who knows with Chris Sale? I don't know what to expect coming back from him. So, hopefully, hopefully it's something good. I'd love to see a good Chris Sale. I'm kind of a little worried that what we get from him is some struggles here and there. But I mean, the upside for him for me is just good consistent performance and who knows maybe he'll take a 
starting pitching spot away from Garrett Richards. But, uh, yeah, that's so that's where the Red Sox are at right now. Uh, just an overall great position to be in. Great spot. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Playoffs when they come around. Going to be exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited for this team. A stat that I heard the other day uh, was the past four the past four times that the Red Sox finished in first place in the ALEs going into the All-Star break, they made it to the playoffs that year. Um, and the other times that they weren't, they didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, that's just little confidence. And they're in first place now going into the All-Star break. It's, it's good. I'm confident in this team. I'm happy with this team. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, not the end of the show just yet. Well, I wasn't in the pre-show uh, discussion, but I want to talk about the uh, NBA Finals. Those are going on right now. The Phoenix Suns, America's team, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Phoenix is up 2-1 in the series. Game 4 is Tuesday night. Uh, Bucks stomped all over the Suns last night, like 20-point game, 20-point victory, uh, after the Suns kind of stomped all over the Bucks in games 1 and 2. Um, two great teams, a lot of fun. I like, I love this uh, playoff season. Much, mu- much more entertaining than years past because you don't know who's gonna win. There's no, no, you don't. There's no star player that you say could take over a game and win, like a Kevin Durant, like a LeBron. I think James. that's the best part of it. I think that's the best part of it. Obviously, Giannis has been the star player that's taken over. Uh, I don't know. I think he had. In the, he had 30-something points in game one, and then he's had back-to-back 40-point games. Um, and in one of those, in one of the 40-point games, he lost. So and that's, that's just a credit to, I guess you could say, how bad the team around Giannis is or how good the Suns are, you know? Because in game two, they lost, which he scored 42. Um, McCall Bridges of the Suns had 27. It wasn't even Chris Paul or Devin Booker that, that took over. It's just... I feel like the Suns have those key guys. They have eight and who's grabbing almost 20 rebounds a game. They have McCall Bridges who can go off for nearly 30 points. Jay Crowder that hits five threes a game. When Middleton's off for the Bucks, they don't have anybody, you know, outside of Giannis. So I feel, I feel like Giannis feels like LeBron right now when he, he's doing as much as he can to will his teams to win finals games. But at the end of the day, you need a supporting cast around you. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I just look at that. The Suns are a better team than the Bucks. No, yeah. I'm 100% not taking away from the Suns. I want the Suns to win. Yeah. I want Devin Booker. I really, I want Devin Booker to get a ring. I, I love Paul. that guy. Uh, he's a great player. Don't forget um, Chris Paul. So yeah, I'm not taking away from their skill, but I just think they definitely have a better all, overall all around team than the Bucks do. Yeah, yeah. And I like I like the Suns in this series too. I. I mean, the way that the Bucks played last night, I could see the series going seven games. That would be extremely entertaining. I would love to see that. Uh, hopefully it does. I'd, love to, I'd just love to see this series go seven because it's a series that deserves to go seven. I mean, it's For the a fan. great matchup. Great matchup, yeah. A lot, of fun, yeah. a lot of fun watching this game. So, I think a lot of casual, I wouldn't call us casual NBA fans, but fans that don't have teams in the playoffs you know obviously Celtics lost first round so fans like that I think they, they're in the same boat as us where they love this series because you really don't know who's going to win you have great performances uh that will probably solidify a lot of guys legacies and just see them go off is a lot of fun oh yeah yeah definitely want to see Chris Paul get a ring I mean guy deserves it guy absolutely deserves to get a ring and hopefully this is the year uh if he doesn't Next year, I feel like they could be just as good. Because how old is Chris Paul? Like 35? 35, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and, I mean, it's kind of like the end, towards the end of his career. I don't see him playing five, any more than five more years. Definitely yeah, not. I'd, I'd say three max. Yeah. So, hopefully this is their, this is the year um, for the Suns. Get their first NBA title uh, in their franchise history. That would be cool to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm definitely pulling for the Suns. Definitely a Suns fan. Also because of Jay Crowder. Love Jay Crowder. Big fan of yeah. his. 
big fan of Jay Crowder. So. There's a there's a thing. Do you remember when obviously Devin Booker had a 70 point game against the Celtics? Yeah. Uh, they posted the Suns posted that picture of everybody in the locker room uh, with the 70 point sign, and then Jay Crowder was like, "That's when he was playing for the Celtics at the time." He said, "I've never seen dudes so happy over a loss." <laughs> and then it's just funny to see how their how Devin Booker and Jay Crowder's relationship has evolved. Yeah, to now they're playing on the same team. I mean, Jay Crowder is a journeyman bent on multiple teams, but he, I, he's I, probably I, the best journeyman in the NBA. Oh yeah, yeah, guys, guy make guys a bucket. Guy's almost an automatic bucket. Sometimes he's not, but most of the time, I'm a fan of his, and so he has an automatic bucket. He's in like a Marcus Smart book for me. Like, yeah, he's not one of the biggest names on the game on the team, but he makes the plays that you need to make. Exactly. So, big Jake Crowder fan. Hopefully, he gets a ring. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for do it for us today. Uh, stuff on the internet. Josh, what do you got? All right. The over-under, so home run derby tonight. Obviously, yep. Coors Field in Colorado. The over-under for the longest home run tonight would be the longest home run in MLB and home run derby history. It's set at 519 and a half. And I think that's big because, one, it's in Coors, so the elevation is higher. Therefore, the ball will travel a lot farther. Well, what did... So that's that's one reason I'm taking the over. Yeah. What one thing that they are doing is that they're putting the balls in like a humidifier box. Oh, and, really? Up until the point that they're going to get like thrown. Like I think the box is going to be right there, so it makes the ball harder to get hit out. But I mean, if yeah. I was well, okay, I didn't know that. But if I'm a fan, I don't want to see that. I want to see home runs get hit. I want to yeah, see right? six hundred. What is bombs. Rob Manfred doing? I don't know. I mean, it, it's making the game less fun. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna be over at like midnight. It's gonna end late. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be like a four hour deal. But so I just want I'd love I just want to see more home runs than pop flies. I'd love yeah. to see that instead. So the bracket is Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto, Salvador Perez versus Alonso, Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story, Mount Olson versus Trey Mancini, and then those players converge on each other. So I think. I think it's either the first or the the first matchup the winner's going to come out of Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I like I like one of those two guys to win. I think Shohei's going to win just because he's, I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah, and he's going to be the starting pitcher, and he's going to be batting leadoff for the AL. Yeah, they got him working like a dog this weekend. Guys, putting up Babe Ruth numbers right now. That's how good he is. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you right there. The first matchup is going to be who wins. Uh, Sho, Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto. Juan Soto's got a lot of power, and he's a young guy too. But he hits a lot of home runs in a few years that he spent with the Nationals. So I'm I'm with you right there. The the winner of that matchup is going to win the Derby. So I'm right there with you. All right, for my stuff on the internet, a Florida man. Should I continue? All right. Uh, a Florida man pretends that he is a firework. So this was uh, the night of the 4th of July, so last Sunday. Uh, three in the morning. Goes outside and starts yelling, pop, 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 crackle, crackle, boom, boom, like a firecracker. Because he was mad at his neighbors for lighting off fireworks all night and keeping him up at 9 o'clock. So he went out at 3 in the morning to wake them all up by... Yelling, pop, pop, crackle, crackle, boom, like a firecracker would make when they get launched up. Uh, cops were called. Guy wasn't arrested. He was just told to go home. And so he did. That's all it took. But the fact that he held a grudge to waste his own time to get up at 3 in the morning to go outside and just yell. I mean, I give him, a, I give him some props that he went yeah, to that, he went to that length. Yeah, you give the guy credit. He went to that length. Because, I mean, I, I'm, right, I'm right there. You, I'm right there with him. I hate it because uh, my neighbors on my street, one of them, I don't know who it is, uh, they light off cherry bombs, and I hate those. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, those things, it sound, it's just like a bomb. Like it's, it's not a firecracker, it's a bomb. It's much louder and scared the shit out of my dog. And So I hate that. But if it was just a firecracker, I wouldn't care. But, I mean, yeah, Florida man pretends he's a firework. Not the crazy story to come out of Florida of a man pretending to be something, I'm sure, but uh, to fit in with like the Fourth of July theme, 
even though it was a week ago. Yep. Perfect story. So there's that. That's going to do it for us today. So, yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. More stuff going on. Red Sox will be back in action. Uh, Celtics, maybe we'll get to them. Maybe something will go on with them. But, uh, yeah, so thank you guys. that's it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Josh Warner, we're back on Monday. Sounds like a plan. All right. Tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friends, and your friends' mothers, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>